Welcome to another episode of the Amazing Places Podcast. My name is Dean Murdoch. I'm a former municipal counselor and founder of this podcast, which celebrates people-centered places and spaces. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about beer and Greater Victoria's beer culture. There seems to be a special place for craft beer in Greater Victoria. I asked my guests, what's that all about? Why such a special place for craft beer on the South Island? My guests today are Cora Barber from Lighthouse Brewery, Ryan Orr from Souk Ocean Brewery, Dave Dixon from Hoyne Brewery, and Gary Lindsay from Lighthouse Brewery. So sit back, grab whatever beverage is going to make you feel comfortable, and enjoy a special episode of The Amazing Places. So my name is Cora Barber. I am the Community Engagement Coordinator at Lighthouse Brewing. Lighthouse Brewing has been up and running since 1998, uh, August 17th, so we're really close to our birthday. Our very first beer was Race Rocks, which is a very popular beer in the area. And um, I've been working for Lighthouse for the last uh, three months or so, so brand new addition to the team. Hi Dean, thanks for having me on your uh, your podcast today. Dave Dixon is my name. I've been with Hoyne coming up on three years. Uh, we're located on Bridge Street, right next to our friends at Driftwood Brewing. Um, I'm a territory manager with Hoyne Brewing, and we've been making beer. Well, Sean's been making beer. Sean Hoyne, our uh, owner and brewmaster, uh, for almost 30 years, but he opened Hoyne Brewing back in 2011. Yeah, all right. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Ryan Orr. I'm the owner of Soup Oceanside Brewery, affectionately known as SOB. Um, we opened in 2016, uh, so definitely the newest and without question the smallest. Um, we opened extremely small, more as a proof of concept uh, to try and prove that Souk was ready for craft beer. Um, and basically blew out of our beer in two and a half days and I realized maybe I undershot the situation. Um, so 2019 saw us uh, go through a big expansion. So I now finally have a second location with a full manufacturing facility. Uh, yeah, my name is Gary Lindsay. I am the uh, I'm a partner and the purveyor of precious liquids, as my business card says, of Driftwood Brewing Company. Uh, we opened in Rock Bay in 2008. So we're um, actually just coming up on our 12th year anniversary, believe it or not. And I actually got my start at Lighthouse in... Um, in 2000 uh, as a sales delivery and jack of all trades kind of guy and was there for eight years. So I owe a lot of where I am now to my start at Lighthouse. And, and since then the industry has taken off as we all know, including Hoyne as our neighbor and Moon Underwater and this whole community here in Rock Bay has really taken off with I think craft beer being the central part of uh, some of that regentrification. So happy to be here and happy to be on your show. Thanks so much. And thanks uh, to all of you for taking the time out to chat. I know that each of you is involved in community, community events and activities and supporting organizations around Greater Victoria. So I'd, I'd like to get a sense from you of, of what that's like and, and why you choose to support the organizations or individuals that you do and how you feel that that contributes to community building and your place in the community. Cora, I'm going to go to you first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Lighthouse and, and the work you do in the community? So a couple of the things that we absolutely love to do is our partnerships that we have with many people across Victoria and the greater Victoria area and even into Vancouver a little bit. Um, I know that Georgia Strait Alliance is a partner that we have. They're a nonprofit that focuses 
on the environmental concerns of the Georgia Strait. They've been a great partner for us and we really like working for them as they're very active and involved in the community, even through our kind of hard year. And then we're also big supporters and have been for a long time of the Victoria Pride, which for me is a very personal issue. And then we also do a lot of stuff with the uh, University of Victoria Vikings and we have a good partnership with them as well. Um, another thing that we always do is the Esquimalt Farmers Market, since we're located in Esquimalt. And uh, I volunteer at the Farmers Market every once in a while when we're not there, just because, again, making those spaces is really important and building up community as an individual as well as in the organizations that we work for. Gary, what about you? You know, when we came into Rock Bay, actually, I sort of think of community as the areas we live in, uh, and they reach out to many different um, jurisdictions, but sort of Rock Bay, as I was mentioning earlier, has gone through a bit of a transformation. And I really feel that stability and bringing people together is sort of the key role of what beer does. Um, we are, you know, like everyone, we're all inclusive. We try and do our best to remain apolitical um, in the sense that, you know, we support causes that are positive and beneficial for, for everyone. Um, we, 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 we don't, we don't necessarily take sides in a lot of issues, but what we do well is um, uh, use the resources locally. So suppliers, trades, um, different partners, as far as our, we're working on some different clothing options with Anion, which is a local company, Jimmy Collection. Um, really just trying to, to be inclusive, uh, provide economic stability, um, provide that sense of connection, I think, between people, which I think beer does extremely well, and that's at the core heart of what beer is all about. I think it's uh, it's the social glue, I think, for a lot of us. So uh, it's, it's been a challenging time, as we all know, and I think that sense of community was really felt when a lot of our local breweries were out doing home deliveries for people. Uh, that's a real connection to people that, you know, some of the larger companies aren't capable of, and um, it creates that sense of pride between us all, and we're all, you know, in it together. So... When it comes down to it, local is what really matters. I mean, local global is, uh, is, a, is a key phrase these days. Ryan, over to you um, in, in Souk, occupying a, a different part of our, our great community here. I find um, for us out here, it's really, especially being so new and, and smaller, we definitely um, focus locally um, on a lot of our support here in the community. Um, as Gary said about kind of partnering with other businesses and help prop up businesses around us at the same time. Um, you know, we, we do certain beers with local ingredients. Salt West is a local sea salt company out here that we use their salt in one of our beers and we make sure that we push their brand just as hard as ours when we're marketing our beer because they're just like me. They live out here. They, they love it out here. They started their business um, to supply something to the area. Um, and we really want to stand behind people like that. Same with Stick in the Mud, the coffee roaster, um, our coffee beer, things like that. Um, we do definitely, um, I actually just recently yesterday, again, the West Coast Ride to Live, uh, we sponsor that every year, which is for Island Prostate Center. Uh, Taste of BC, which unfortunately was canceled this year as well. Um, it's another one that's a local event which really shines a light on soup and what um, what a lot of the places out here uh, have to offer, um, as well as night markets and music festivals and things like that. 
Um, I'm going to go to Dave now, but before I do that, I neglected to mention uh, that Dave Dixon and I know each other from years ago when he was on, on the other side of this, uh, conducting the interview, doing the grilling on CFAX 1070 way back in the day when I used to be a Saanich counselor. So Dave, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to be able to turn the tables on you oh and, uh, and do, uh, do the hard question asking like, hey, how come you're so great? <laughs> oh, Dean, you're such a great interviewer and guest. Good to uh, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. But with Hawaiian Brewing and kind of piggybacking on what Gary had said, like supporting local and supporting our partners was really big for us during this crazy year of 2020. And just for instance, one of the things that Arbury did um, with our restaurant partners as they started to reopen, we were able to rehire pretty much all of our staff back, which was great as, as things started to pick up. And we were able to, you know, every Friday, purchase lunch for 30 to 35 of our staff from one of our local partners to help support them during these times, which was, which was really big. Um, and we've been big on community and, and supporting local charities. There's just so many to count, just for instance, just in our, our growler station, which is quite small if you've been in there before. Um, we would offer flights and it would be $5 donation and we would um, match that donation at month's end and every month we choose a new charity. So there's been some, some really great charities locally that we've worked with uh, here at Hoyne, um, one of them being the, the Rainbow Kitchen as well. They do great work in Esquimalt, um, providing hot lunches, 100,000 hot lunches a year for Greater Victoria residents that need it. And on Father's Day, we did a, a virtual um, kind of brewery tour and uh, the proceeds from that went to the Rainbow Kitchen as well. So we've always prided ourselves on, on giving back to the community and not just in Victoria, but also in the Vancouver area as well, um, where we have a, a good presence for our, our product over there. Gary talked about some of the things that you've done in response to COVID-19. So I'd love to hear a bit about what that's been like for your brewery and, and what kind of changes you've made in, in response. The crisis way it unfolded, it happened in the middle of Victoria Beer Week where we were all out at events and festivals and different venues throughout across town and participating in things right up to the last minute when sort of the announcement came out that no, tomorrow, you know, within the next few days, pubs are going to be closing their doors. As it happened, you, you couldn't believe what was happening. Um, as a brewery response, we, we looked at it as... We opened in 2008 in a bit of an economic crisis, to be honest with you. And uh, one thing we realized is, you know, we all know people drink in good times and bad times. So um, our, our reaction was to uh, ramp up production, actually, um, to make sure we had our tanks full in case we couldn't produce beer. So we kept our sales team intact, um, reaching out and being a conduit uh, from our business to the, to the stores and other places that, you know, needed answers. Um, and within a four days, we, we decided that uh, as pubs were closing that and people weren't going out to stores that we wanted to get that connection uh, from our store to the customers. So we, we started the home delivery. Yeah, once uh, home delivery started, we jumped on home deliveries right away. Um, a lot of that stuff for us, unfortunately, um, a lot of these things were difficult uh, due to staff because I don't have very many staff, um, you know, so I was doing a lot of the deliveries and things like that as well. Um, our tasting room is tiny, as you said. Um, so that was a tough spot. You know, we could do, still do takeaway sales, but that was it. 
and yeah, we just really tried to figure out how can we help support uh, anybody else that's in the situation. Uh, we had a lot of people staying home here in Souk. Um, I know downtown Victoria was the same. I went down there sometimes for deliveries and it was like a ghost town. Absolutely, I agree with Gary and um, Ryan over at SOP. It was a big change for Lighthouse. We offered the staff to go home if that was what they wanted and take time off. And um, about half the team did. Our GM was working two days a week from home, as well as our main accountants. And we're a really small team. There's only about 25 of us. Um, a lot of the sales guys also chose to take the time off. And so we had kind of run down our staff quite a bit. I think we were working at about 10 or 11 people. Just like everybody else did, we got onto board with the home delivery. Um, big shout out to West Coast Brewery Tours for kind of organizing that for a bunch of us. And we were doing that home delivery through them, as well as every once in a while, some members of our team would also go out and make some home deliveries if it was kind of last minute, or they just missed the cutoff, then we would kind of go out of our way and um, step up to the plate in that way. We, obviously we had, there was a lot of, a lot of uncertainty with, with our brewery as well. We've got a lot of um, licensee um, pubs and restaurant customers. That's a big majority of our business. So that was quite concerning for them as well as us when they were shut down for, you know, we, there was just so much uncertainty for, for months on end there. So we obviously focused a lot on our retail. Um, so we had a big push onto retail and that the home delivery business was, was really strong for us. And I'm sure it was for a lot of the local breweries and the sales team. That was a great part of with Hoyne is that we were able to keep the sales team on and we were doing deliveries five days a week throughout Greater Victoria. And it was actually, I, I really actually enjoyed it. I did, I was doing it every day or those five days and you got to really get to chat with the, your customers, like the people that are buying your beer. And I mean, I can't stress enough how appreciative they were, especially in the early days in the end of March and April when there was so much uncertainty, they weren't leaving their homes and we were providing a, a great service for them. I think, you know, I want to make sure that we, you know, we're talking about how we're helping impact our communities and that, but I, I would want to also say how much it seems, especially out here, and I'm sure it was the same for all of you, our communities are rallied around us. Like the amount of people that I had coming in through this door to buy takeaway as, as often as possible. Um, I think the support was really unbelievable from the community to all the local businesses. And just, there was a sort of a pivot, not just from our point of view, but I think from everyone who, you know, we all say we shop local, but I think a lot of us really changed a lot of our behavior that way. And I think that, I think that's going to be a, a permanent thing for, for many of us with our habits or how we shop. I think that uh, with us being involved and all the other suppliers and restaurants, everyone really stepped out of their way to, to make sure that local was being supported. And uh, that, that part was really great to see and actually sort of gave me a little bit of a chill sometimes when it was happening. Yeah, you, absolutely. And you had those the repeat business and they were, we were obviously thankful and they were thankful for the service, but we are obviously more thankful for some of the, I'm sure I'm not alone. There was some people that I, I got to know them and a lot about them because they'd order every week for weeks on end just to, just to support us and, and get great product in their hands and getting people to our doors as well. And we've had to obviously limit the number of people in there, only one person at a time in our, in our little growler station, but we're still been staying super busy and big thanks to the, the community that supports this awesome craft beer scene.
Yeah, I think your growler station is probably about exactly the same size as mine, so I know what you're saying there. <laughs> and, and, and ours. <laughs> yeah, and yours. That's right. That's right, actually. We all, we all have one person maximum uh, yeah. capacity. Yeah. When, when we were told we had to half our capacity, I'm like, um, I don't know if I can half a person. You know, like. <laughs> I would definitely agree with all you guys there, especially um, because I get to do the Esquimalt Farmers Market myself. I cannot tell you the amount of people who were coming up to us and saying, when can I get growler refills? Because we mm -hmm. took a minute to get all of our COVID placements. And then once we had to go with those growler fills going, they were coming in the door. They were getting in there. Our patio has been really busy. People have been great about spacing on the patio and making sure that they're not over um, doing this <laughs> amount of people that can sit there. It's been wonderful to see the community come together to support us as well as kind of foster that relationship with those customers. Uh, Ryan, Dave, and Gary, you, you each mentioned the constraints of, uh, of your existing space for the, the tasting room. You can only have one, one person in there at a time. We've seen these uh, patios become so popular uh, around Greater Victoria for, for pubs and cafes and restaurants and, and other types of, of establishments. Is that something that you have plans for? Is that something that you think is a reality that you may be able to open up some, some space to permit uh, more customers at a time? Sure, yeah, on our end, and I think Hoyne shares the same situation, we, we physically don't have the space to expand our, our um, tasting rooms or retail stores. Um, when we opened, they, they didn't exist. There wasn't such a thing. People would, a few customers would come in and buy kegs for their home fridges, but off sales or retail sales from the breweries weren't, weren't a thing. And uh, there was just legislation, a bunch of changes that happened that gave the opportunity to breweries to operate their own manufacturers on-site store. So we didn't put a build it into our plans. And I think a lot of breweries who opened, you know, after 2012, that was the main focus of their plan was actually to include a store and a retail space. Our, our whole focus has been about production space and trying to get as much production you can out of each square foot. So you'd squeeze the retail space into a shoebox, and we literally did. Um, that's turned around. So the retail store is busy with one person at a time. But yeah, our, we're, we're, we've been uh, operating in three different locations actually with different parts of our business. So we've been looking to, to bring everything together under one roof and we've um, got that opportunity and our future plans will involve a much more spacious uh, retail customer experience that um, through even conditions such as COVID and other things that may come up, we can hopefully continue to operate under limited capacity, but still have a safe uh, friendly, welcoming uh, area for customers to visit. I know for us at uh, Lighthouse, we have uh, we were fortunate enough to have a rather larger tasting room. We can have six people inside the tasting room and about 18 people out on the patio, which is really lucky for us. And it was really, really fortunate that we had that space. We've been working a lot with the Township of Esquimalt to make sure that we can do full pint pours and stuff like that. We have been doing flights for a long time, but a lot of people are like, well, I want a pint of this and it's hard to do and the liquor licensing doesn't allow you to do that. And so we've been working really hard on that. And I know that for Driftwood, um, with them moving into Esquimalt, that'll even affect them because it'll make it a little bit easier for them to get everything that they need. Exactly. Uh, obviously with, with Lighthouse being literally a block over um, and even uh, four miles just further out the Galloping Goose it, and Spinnakers, it all creates a bit of a connecting corridor, which will be fun to be a part of and bring more people 
to that area and the community too of Esquimalt. Um, they've been extremely welcoming as uh, Cora can probably attest to their, the staff and, um, and council are, are very proactive um, in getting businesses secured in, in Esquimalt and having a more economic contribution to that area. And that's why I started this whole thing that, you know, the dream wasn't to have a growler fill location in a gas station. You know, that's uh, how we started. But with what's going on right now, I mean, uh, I've had a lot of people asking, are we going to try and put in a patio and things? Um, it comes down to not just a logistical, but also a financial. Does it make sense at this location? Uh, now that I have a second location, you know, I'm thinking about maybe up at that other location doing something. But it all comes down to kind of the, the big plan and this building here, um, I believe Gary said, you know, there's there's just like, I think you said for you, there's no physical option to expand. Right. And I'm in the same thing. I've got, you know, I don't even have a public washroom in my tasting room. So it's really weighing those options for myself. Um, I think my other location would make a lot more sense. And I was just going to say kind of the same thing that Gary had mentioned. We physically don't have the space currently to expand our growler station into a, a full-fledged tasting room. We've been obviously focused on production like driftwood in this location for since 2011 and that's been obviously our, our big push not uh, the tasting room. Maybe one day next time you'll have me on maybe we'll have an update on that. You know what I really am, am excited about is uh, how much each of you seems to support each other. Why is it that the, this competitiveness is more about seeing each other thrive? I think um, that a big part of that is we seeing each of us success and make good beer means our whole segment's going to grow. If you just take it on a numbers point alone, and it, it, we're not in this for the numbers, but the numbers speak a lot. So say in BC... Um, 20% of the beer sold is craft. I'm just, it's just an approximate number. You know, 10 years ago, I think it was 5%. So there's a huge segment still of beer consumption from consumers that can come to local. So I think by supporting each other, we're supporting ourselves. I think that, don't get me wrong, we're, we're all out there fighting for the same piece of the pie, but ultimately together, we're trying to make that pie a lot bigger. I agree. I couldn't agree more with Gary on that. It is competitive, but it's great to see you know, kind of taking down the big guy, so to speak. And it's not even, uh, I'm probably not alone saying this, it's not even just other breweries, like shelf spaces in, in retail stores, for instance, are getting, you know, there's just so much out there, not only craft beer, but the whole refresh, ready to drink, you know, uh, vodka soda market is really taking up a lot of shelf space too. So I'd rather see people buying craft beer than some of those items. So I'd rather see, regardless of the craft brewery, hopefully ours, but uh, customers, you know, keep keeping on supporting our craft breweries rather than some of these other products out there. Not to bash them too much. Exactly. And I know for myself, like coming into this, um, you know, sitting here with, you know, Driftwood, Lighthouse, Coin, um, I can speak to this support um, and just the knowledge base and the willingness to share knowledge as somebody coming into the industry looking to do this. I had breweries, I was touring breweries, going talking with as many people as I can. And I have to say, I was astounded at how willing people were to talk. But it's just, for me, coming into it uh, kind of late to the party, we'll say, um, compared to you 3 it was really, really cool to see that support exactly what Dean's speaking about. And right away, I saw it the same way that Gary put it, which is growing the market as a whole. I saw it as basically where if we can convert people to craft beer as a whole, it helps all of us. I can say for sure that like this is by far one of the most competitive 
industries I've worked in, but at the same time, it is so supporting of each other, as Dean has talked about and as everybody has talked about. And one of my favorite things that I get to do is I work with the social media for our for Lighthouse, being able to see how we all do that throughout kind of the industry, like it permeates in so many layers. It's not just on shelf space, it's on social media, it's in the community, and it's, it's really refreshing to come into an industry and be able to shoot either Dave, Ryan, or Gary an email if I really needed it and say, hey, what are you guys doing for this? I need some ideas, whatever it might be. There is a huge support, and I think that especially that increasing the size of the pie is really accurate. And I'd also like as a territory manager and a sales rep, it's, it's fun actually being out maybe a little bit before COVID, but running into other reps from other craft breweries. And it's fun how it, there's so much, we get along so well, there's no animosity or whatnot. We, it's, you catch up and you can share ideas and knowledge and give each other tips on things about certain customers. And I've had, you know, even some of our Vancouver team come over and do some ride alongs with myself and, they're always amazed that how, how kind everybody is to each other. Cause I think even some of the bigger markets is a little bit more cutthroat and here, especially in Victoria, it's a real sense of community is, is my experience. Anyways, I've been doing this for maybe gosh, almost six years, I guess. Yeah. What is it about greater Victoria that seems to have become such a thriving spot for, for craft beer? I mean, there, we don't have a huge population here. What is it about this spot and what is it about this community that seems to be really into craft beer? Well, I look back to the, you know, the, the roots of the craft beer in Victoria, particularly with Spinnaker's Brew Pub um, establishing themselves as something unique. And I think there was an opportunity there that clearly Victorians and Victorian general had that original feel of, you know, pardon the, you know, the phrase, but, you know, the old, the old English feel. And, you know, that was sort of part of their marketing appeal and campaign. But Islanders are fiercely local. I think that anytime you come to any island, they, they want to be independent, they want to be local, and they're more willing to, to try different things. I think that some of that history with beer and England and brewing and things and spinnakers coming in with those styles originally really opened up people's palates and sort of just sort of cracked the door open, I think, for a lot of people to expect different things when you come to Victoria, um, which gave other opportunities, you know, when Swans opened Vancouver Island Brewery, um, one of the first pioneers of craft beer really in bc those things and they did really well and people responded really positively really positively to them and really quickly to them and their success sort of garnered more success and, and gave the opportunity for others to try things so that entrepreneurial spirit i think and that um, willingness to try different things and, and and be distinct and support local all sort of comes together and uh and now it's spilled over into everything coffee food manufacturing man you name it um, victoria's got everything going on I think for me, as somebody who wanted to move here quite badly and join this industry specifically, um, one of the things that drew me here was that shift in that community that um, Gary was just talking about. It's that uh, kind of young, hip feeling, as well as the very welcoming nature of the people here, as well as the businesses. Um, for me, as a queer person, it is worlds apart from where I'm from. And it has been astonishing to me to be a part of a community that is like this. It's, it's fascinating to me, and it's been so cool to be able to get involved with the community and give back. No problem. Another thing about it as well is that craft beer, I think maybe traditionally, previously had been kind of a male-driven industry as well, but you're seeing, especially with ourselves, 
and uh, Driftwood, there's a whole bunch of uh, fantastic uh, females that are doing great work in this industry. I know the majority of our sales team is our ladies and the same with Driftwood and they're really pioneers and driving forces in this industry as well. So I, that's what, that's what's I think another great aspect of, of this industry. It's not just a, a male driven business. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, I think something else that, that I view it, how I view it too is, and this isn't, you know, pumping anyone's tires. I think a lot of our craft breweries that started and uh, that got the scene in Victoria off the ground did a really good job. And I think that's really important to be said as well. They really paved the way, right? So, you know, I, I compare, I get questions all the time about doing this, being that I wasn't in, the, in this industry. And people ask me all the time, well, how hard is it, this, that, and the other? And I always say, you know, these, these other breweries, the, the ones that have been around the longest, they really paved the way for people like me. Um, you know, it's, you know, you're starting something into a market that you know is there and the communities are behind and they're driving and they're thirsty and they're looking for the new things. And that's all due to the people who came before, um, you know, so I think that's really what, uh, what helped kickstart this whole thing. And now it's just got this momentum and it doesn't seem to be, I won't say it's not slowing down, but uh, it doesn't, it's sure not going anywhere. That's for sure. It seems that uh, as a whole, across the whole market, the education of the consumer is um, getting higher and higher and higher, uh, which is driving the breweries to have to innovate, to brew fantastic beers, you know, um, and really raise the bar. Getting into beer, doing homework, you know, you've got people, I've got friends that aren't, aren't anything to do with the craft beer industry, but they're fanatics and the, the reading and education that some of them are doing and getting and it's pretty incredible. And I think that's helping drive the quality. We, every time we think we know something, you know, with regard to any profession or trade or domain, we continue to evolve. So we, we don't really know everything all the time. We think we do sometimes we think we have it all figured out and then something like COVID comes and comes and hits us and we really find out what we're all about. I think the only thing that I would add on is just um, repeating that we're so thankful for our community here in Victoria and the surrounding areas and supporting us uh, through a really tough year. I'm, I'm hugely thankful for the community, uh, the support uh, that we've seen, not just through this, but since the day we opened our doors. Uh, it's been really overwhelming. And as I mentioned before, you know, the support from the industry as well has been uh, exceptional from these other breweries and things like that. Yeah, I think as uh, everyone has mentioned, it's been, it has been a, a very trying year in, in many respects, but it has been encouraging to see how, you know, local communities have pulled together and, you know, how we all work together through this, be it how we get buy our tanks for our beer locally, sourcing some of our hops from Gulf Island hop farms like Hope Bay Hop Farm to using the spent malted barley after we brew the beer, uh, passing it on to farmers to feed their livestock and getting food back from them as well. So it's just reiterates how, you know, connected we really are to this community, how important it is for, for Hoing Brewing to do that. Thank you all so much for taking the time to chat. This community obviously has really em embraced craft beer and uh, it's been such a pleasure to hear from, from four of the local folks uh, who are in this great industry. So thank you very much for, for spending the time. Thank you. Thank you. But next time we'll have to do this in person and actually enjoy a beer together with everybody. That Amen to that. Great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Something definitely missing from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us for a special episode of The Amazing Places. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, let's get out there and enjoy these amazing places.